Hello, my name is Jake Kerr, and I'm your gracious host of this Black Ink podcast number 19. Now, I'm coming in hot with a bit of a headache, a little bit of fucking blurry vision going on because just after I went on a fucking massive rant talking about how much I don't like drinking and all the rest, I go out on a Saturday night and I drink heaps of alcohol and I get myself in this position. But it's all good, okay? Because I still put in the work, I'm still here. And man, what a day yesterday was. Firstly, thanks to the boys who are involved with coming on the Black Ink group ride. Um, so I had uh, Seb there with his uh, CBR 600. I was on my Harley, we met a few boys at the Mumble Up pub and then I dropped in at Choicey's place on the way home and had a couple of beers there. It was a fucking really good day. So thanks to the fellas who are involved. If you are local to the Bunbury area or even like the Perth area, I'm gonna be hosting these every two weeks leaving at the Ampole uh, in Jalora, the service station at 10 o'clock every second Saturday, starting from the Saturday just been. So they're gonna be Facebook events. I'm gonna promote it on my Instagram page and that. So definitely if you wanna come down, say hello, drink some coffee, eat some chips, like I said on the on the bloody Instagram story, come down, you know, meet some cool people. And that's a whole idea. Like I feel like for uh, the, the group ride, I feel is kind of cool for a few reasons. I feel like there's a lot of people that have motorbikes that don't ride them because there isn't, isn't not they don't ride them. It's just that a, a good excuse to ride your motorbike gets you to get the, the motorbike out of the shed and ride it. And realistically, I'm kind of doing this just for me because like I want I want to have something that I can kind of commit myself to at least every two weeks. I get out on the bike, you go for a good, good uh, you know, squirt into the fucking, through, through the hills or whatever, and it just clears your mind. Like it makes you feel better. And I think even like I've done, uh, so I've done the Nullarbor on my Harley, like across to Victoria and back. And sorry, if you're unaware, the Nullarbor is the road that connects pretty much the west to the east and the east to the west. And it's kind of like a infamous, not infamous, it's a famous uh, route to, to travel if you're in Australia. It is reasonably boring. Once you've kind of seen like an hour of it, it's pretty much all the same with some little, you know, cool towns and service stations and stuff. The experience is great. But the best part I found about it riding my motorbike was the, like, the amount you get to, like, you no music because it's like it's too loud for that shit. And if you do listen to music, you end up blowing out your eardrums. You just put in earplugs put your helmet on, you get on your bike and you ride in a straight line for 12 hours and just the things that you figure out about yourself because you're uninterrupted. You don't have anything that can kind of take your mind. And like you get into a trance with your motorbike, you put your cruise control on, you're just sitting there, you know, every now and then you'll have a bit of a stretch, you have some fun with it, whatever, but realistically, you're just in your head. And having this ability to have just some time where <clears throat> obviously you're being considerate of other people on the road and the people that you're riding with, but this is just a chance to get out and blow the cobwebs out of the motorbike, blow the cobwebs out of your head. And I just think it's a it's a cool kind of little community that, that we can all build together, just, you know, local dudes with motorbikes. And girls, obviously, more than welcome. But, um, yeah, just like all bikes, all people come down and just get to know each other and have a good good time every couple of weeks. I also do want to host, I know I'm getting pretty crazy at what I'm doing, but I just, I'm excited about community. I'm excited about Black Ink. I'm excited that I... That, I think I feel like the older I get or the more um, kind of, uh, what would you call it, appreciative of the resources that are at our dispense in this beautiful country. And it's one of those things like, if, if you get it, you get it. And if you're listening to someone saying something like that, you're like, dude, fucking take your hand off your dick. You know, it's a, you don't have to like boast it up so much. But I mean, just living in, in like closer to town now, like in this new location where we're living and like being able to just take my bike out and go for a ride and like see all the different corners of Bunbury within like half an hour on one ride. It's just like, I'm so excited. So I'm talking about my push bike. So what I'm thinking is I would like to hold a weekly, kind of pick uh, an appropriate night, 
and just hold like a weekly um, cycle and skate. So if you want to come down and like rollerblade, roller skate, or ride your push bike, we'll get a little group together. Obviously, like we'll we want to really hammer down on um, being safe about it as well, sticking to paths, and if we are on the road, kind of not being all over the place and being too crazy, but also just have some fun, you know. And if you're interested in getting better skills on your push bike, if you're interested in getting better skills on skates, uh, I would like to think that you'd be able to come to something like this and. You know, just share a bit of knowledge and have knowledge shared with you from other people who are good at doing whatever they're doing. So I'm really excited to kind of get that on track and I want to, I probably want to start doing it probably this week. I'm, I'm thinking of um, maybe doing like a Tuesday night. Um, I want to leave Monday and Thursday alone because uh, when I do have a bit more kind of time and money saved up, I want to be able to make it a regular thing to be going to uh, the Thursday night POR, Perth Outdoor Rollerblading um, Pizza, Pizza Night Skate. It's awesome. It's like... Uh, I think you would probably do between like 20 and 40 Ks, uh, like said and done. The skate is different every time. It's just picked by the skate leader and pretty much just meet in South Perth, 6.30, I think it is, at Men's Street Jetty and just do a big lap of, of the river and go through the city and it's just awesome. There's like 40, 50 people there usually and obviously the numbers only grow. So I imagine this summer it's going to get real crazy because skating's kind of taken a bit of a the trajectory of people who know about it. It's just growing and growing. Not know about it, but are doing it and having fun with it. Like I went through... Capel yesterday and there was a dude on rollerblades just skating around I'm like that's fucking awesome you know so I would love to host a bit of a, a ride and a skate and also like quick shout out as well to my friend uh, Derek Rebel and I'm pretty sure that is his real name Derek Rebel lives in uh, Melbourne but he I met Derek while he was living in Perth so he's the founder of FTW um, the f- I, I don't want to um, classify it I don't want to step on Derek so I for, for me, I found it as a, it was like a, fix, a fixie group, you know, so people who rode fixed wheel push bikes, which if you're unaware, are like essentially like a, like just a basic frame, a fixed wheel, which means that you, as you pedal, the wheel pedals with you. If you stop pedaling, the wheel on the back stops pedaling. So if you're unfamiliar, they use these on those velodromes. They're the bikes that they use, so they don't have any brakes, they have no gears. It's just a fixed cog at the front, fixed cog at the back with a chain and Basically, the idea is you go out and play in traffic on these things and have fun. Derek provided um, on Wednesday nights, I think it was. Ooh, was it Wednesdays? He used to host these rides. Every Wednesday, you could rock up and do a do an FTW ride, and it was just such a cool little community builder. Because the thing about riding a fixie is like there's only a specific sort of person that rides fixed gear push bikes because it is kind of like an absurd thing. And there were other people that came with other push bikes as well. And like that's the thing, Derek was more than kind of welcoming of all these people and different sorts of push bikes. I'm sure if you wanted to rock up on skates, you could rock up on skates. It was just a really cool little community. And I used to travel to Perth. Once a week, just to do this ride, I remember I would I would drive up, I'd take my bike out, I'd hang out with Derek for a little bit beforehand if he was free or whatever, and then we'd do the ride together, and then Derek was the sort of bloke that knowing that I came from Bunbury would give me his bed to sleep in if I needed to rest but you know, for a few hours before I was going home instead of just driving home and, and being fucked. Because they were, they, were, they were almost like parties every Wednesday night because you had all these people that like obviously you had your regulars so you get to know them you start like building relationships with them and then you'd have these stragglers who'd come in every now and then and maybe they used to ride years ago and now they're back just for a night so people are like oh this dude really cool rah, rah, and you end up going and eating great food you have some drinks you have some smokes it was just fun you know and Derek uh actually one of the things that's kind of been on my mind lately as well I remember hang on I'll talk about that in a sec what I was saying about Derek was 
the cool thing that I realized in retrospect about what Derek has done with FTW because it's still running, it's bigger than ever, it's got huge, it's got a huge social media following. It's just, um, it's an awesome thing, and it's like something that I'm really proud to say that I'm a part of. Um, I've also like through through meeting Derek through that um, that kind of uh, through through that whole experience of meeting Derek, I've actually traveled to Jakarta to do the um, what was it cycle message cycle. Uh, what is it? Cycle, cycling Messenger World Championships in 2019. So we went to Indonesia together, stayed there for like 10 days and, and competed together and represented FTW in Australia. So it was super cool. And um, the thing that he's done though with FTW is like, it's kind of unbelievable the community it creates because there's something there's something to be said about like, I could go to Melbourne now and go for a ride at an FTW ride. And even though if Derek wasn't there, which I imagine he would be, it's like there's something about FTW that if you're in it and you know about it and you're doing it, it's like you're automatically welcome, you know? And so I would really love to replicate something like that for Black Ink and have it really like, I just want cool shit to happen where I live. I, like, it's really cool that FTW existed in Perth at the time and it's really cool that Perth Outdoor Rolling exists in Perth. But realistically, like, I feel like there's enough people like me in my own town that if I start something like this, that people will be able to get involved and come along. And even if they don't, Fuck them, I'm just going to go for a ride anyway. Whether it's on my push bike or my motorbike, I go for a skate. And if people want to come, they come. So, but yeah, one thing I do want to talk about, and this is something that like I've had to learn and then learn again and learn again and learn again. And Derek was someone who kind of put the seed in my mind. Because I remember for, I'm just going to light incense here. I remember it was like, and like, keep in mind, I used to go to Perth like more than just, um, it was for sure every Wednesday I would go up and do the FTW rides, but sometimes I'd find myself up in Perth on the weekends or whatever. And like now, I always have my skates in my car. I would always have my push bike in the car. And like, we would go up for, like Derek would tell me there's something going on. So we would go up and I remember we'd go to like parties and we'd go out. We went to, we used to frequent this bar called, I think it's Ezra Pound. Awesome bar, you know, and like you'd roll in there and like run into other people that you know from FTW that would have also ridden their bikes there. It was just super cool. But what I want to, what I want to get to is, I remember one morning, for whatever reason, I can hear my voice echoing off this thing. Oh, I can literally hear my voice like going into this and bouncing around. It's kind of annoying. Um, so we're, we're riding around this one morning and it's like probably two o'clock in the morning. And I don't think we were like, like I remember it. So I don't think it was like we're under the influence or anything. So but yeah, we're just riding around, we're going somewhere and I remember like we we're just kind of going through this almost eerie sort of street and there's this person crossing the road and you know didn't look drunk or anything just kind of crossing the road for whatever reason and um the person's like looked up and Derek's like hey going and he's like yeah good good and then uh we kept on riding and then there was like a big moment of silence of just Derek and I oh, I used to I miss this so much like riding through the city with Derek and just being on our fixies and yeah but there was this moment of silence where we were kind of just riding next to each other and he, he, he said to me, like, you've got to look for good people if you want to find good people. Like, the the reason that he said hello to him was because if he, like, he was assuming that that person is a good person and is going to say hello back, regardless of the fact that, like, whatever reason you might be walking around at two o'clock in the morning and whatever reason two guys on push bikes are riding around at two o'clock in the morning, there's still no reason to not have that interaction. And I remember at the time being like, oh, that's actually, that's held true, you know? And 
like a really like um, easy example to make is when you go to another country, you will see the thing that you're looking for. So if someone says like, oh, you go when you go to this place, there's a lot of homelessness or there's a lot of uh, robbery or there's a lot of criminal activity, you look around and that's all you see. But then you'll talk to other people who went to the same place and they're like, everyone was so nice. Like I really didn't have any altercations or situations where I felt like I was in danger or I felt like I was kind of in a situation that I didn't want to be in. And typically the only thing that separates the, the people, unless it's like, you know, ridiculous elements that are involved, but the thing that separates the people is their outlook on life in general, you know? So like what I kind of take away from what Derek said now, even though like, as I said, I've learned this, forgot it, learned this, forgot it, learned this, forgot it. It's like kind of take every opportunity to see the good in people. Like literally just look for good people in the world. And at, like, this is the thing. We all like to think on a grand scale. We like to have this idea that because like, oh, we can't fix this one thing, we can't solve the world, so it's all, we can't solve the problems of the world, so it's all fucked. But at the same time, like, you are allowed to solve your problems though. And there is no rule against, you know, saying like, right, from now on, I'm only going to try, obviously we all try and be good in a particular like sense or a certain way, but also it's, it's like super important to like assume that someone is a good person, you know, and like easy... An easy example of this is like, like, that's not an easy example. I'm sorry. I guess it's like when you go, like if you went to like the worst suburb in your particular area and then you go to like the Coles or Woolworths in that, in that suburb and you think like, oh, there, there must be like, you know, they've got bloody bars on the windows and stuff. Here, so they, these must be all bad people in here. These must be bad people that shop here. But at the same time, it's like good people also have to go there. And this is the thing. Those quote unquote bad people that we're talking about, are like they have good in them as well. And the thing is, if you assume that good, they're probably going to respond with good. You know, there's not many people who wake up in the morning and are just pure, even though we all like to believe we know someone like this, but no one really wakes up in the morning and thinks like, I'm going to be a cunt today. No one has that organically pumping through their veins. And I, I like to think that if I go... If I go into a situation or if I even just like before I leave the house, go like, right, I'm going to have a good day. Like I'm going to interact with good people. I'm going to be happy with my conversations. Then you're expecting that to happen. And not saying that it always does happen. But the cool thing about setting yourself up for that is that instead of like getting to that first situation where you are going to interact with someone and going like, this person's, you know, going back to default and thinking that everyone's against you or, or whatever, for whatever reason, you kind of have that like, oh, like, good morning, how you going? And instead of that person having that negative first income from you, they have a positive first income from you and first to come from you. And then they're going to respond to that, hopefully appropriately. And this is the thing, like even people who aren't rude, uh, sorry, who are rude, it's finding the place in your heart to realize that that is a version of you living a different experience and obviously having a shit day and you just got the brunt of that. And that you were no better than that person also because you've definitely been in that situation where you've treated someone else like shit. You know what I mean? It's crazy to think that we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot thinking that unless everything is going to be perfect, then it, there's no point giving any effort at all. You know, so I, I like to think a good example is Aubrey Marcus uh, has a book called Own the Day, Own Your Life. And what he talks about at the start of the book is there's 
there's more sense in trying to organize everything in a day to try and get the absolute perfect day, right? And he says, you're never gonna have, like you might have these perfect days, but you're not gonna have perfect day after perfect day. You're not gonna be able to continue that your whole life. You have to understand that there's levels, there's good and bad. You're gonna have good days, you're gonna have great days, you're gonna have bad days, you're gonna have terrible days. But the idea is we can habitualize ourselves into these small things we can do so that we give ourselves the very best possibility of having the best possible day. So this it's kind of like I was having this thought and this is like a cross analogy of this, what I'm talking about. So I had on a different shirt before I started this podcast, right? And I thought, I'm just going to wear the shirt. It'll be fine. And then I thought to myself, what if this is the podcast that blows up, that gets everyone's attention, rah, 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 and you're wearing that shitty shirt, right? And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go put on a really nice shirt and then like, that's going to be the reason why it blows up or whatever? Like, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm just going to get this done how it is. I'm not going to put too much on. I'm just going to go into it and get it done. But also like giving myself permission to go and put on a shirt that I think, I think looks really nice and I feel good in, you know, not because the podcast might blow up or anything. It's more to the point that like, why not get all your ducks in a row just in case you get to shoot them? You know what I mean? Like, why not? That's the permission that you need is is that it might not be the best one you've ever recorded. No, not at all. Pretend it's going to be the best one you've ever recorded. Go into it with a mindset and also go into it with a winner's mindset that even if I lose, I still won. You know, I might be getting a bit too vague of what I'm talking about there, but I, I really think there is no harm in putting yourself in the absolute best position to get the result you want. And that starts with looking for good people. It's looking for good people, assuming that they're good, even if they're having a rough day, assuming that behind that, they want to be spoken to like they're a nice person and they want to feel nice, you know, and you can be the person that gives them that feeling, you know, how cool is that? It's fun as fuck. It's just, I think people, how's this? How's this? This is a bit of a topic change, okay? So I went out last night and I was talking to people and a few people, like, I guess my podcast are being listened to by more and more people now and it's interesting how people um, kind of respond to the podcast. And like I had someone ask me last night, they said, so you write everything down and then read it from like something behind the camera, do you? And it's like, nah, man, like I'm just fucking thinking of this off off the dome, you know? It's not like, it's not like I've fucking got anything. Like I, I have a bit of an outline in my head about some topics that I might want to talk about. But like that thing with Derek has been sitting in the back of my mind forever. Like, I love the dude. I think about the thing all the time. Then it's just like, oh, it kind of came up. It cross references into what I'm talking about now. And it gives me like, there's 10 minutes worth of stuff to talk about. It's not, it's not insanely hard, but also it can get hard. Sometimes you get total mental blocks. But the cool thing about it is when I was explaining this to this person, I realized something. When you like, one of the things he said to me is the reason it seems so bizarre is because like, you're saying stuff that like you you've like obviously have an opinion about, right? And that's exactly what it is. I have original thoughts. And the thing about having original thoughts is is it's actually based up of all because it's saying nothing is truly original because everything that is going on in your head is actually feedback from everything that's happened to you in your life and how you've interpreted it and how you've stored it as a memory. And it's about how you cross-pollinate those ideas as to how you generate your original thoughts. A lot of people like to think, oh, I don't have much going on because all I do is like, 
even if they're consuming a lot of information, they're not understanding how that information can be kind of resourceful to them or, or they can validate it in particular ways of like how they perceive it. And then they can turn that into information that is kind of what we call original or from their like mind, from their imagination, right? And that's, the, as I said, the imagination is the tool of cross-pollinating these ideas to get your own things. And when I put all this together, I kind of like, I think about what that means. And I think people are having a lot more original thoughts than what they realize, but they don't actualize it with themselves or they don't value themselves and their mind and their imagination enough to call it an original thought. And furthermore, they don't have the confidence to string it into a sentence that makes sense and put their fucking neck to the breeze and see if, see if they can like have it land on someone's ears and, and them understand and agree or disagree and still be able to back it up. So I think even just talking it out there, I think original thoughts may have more to do with confidence than what I realized, but also it's about that permission that you give yourself. You know what I mean? Like I want to have the wildest thoughts in the world. And like, how do people like avoid thinking about things? How do you like, I don't want to know what, what it would look like if my dog got run over by a car, but I've explored what that is in my mind and, and thought about, like, I've let it be real to me for a couple minutes and go through the emotions and even let myself cry at the thought of this because I don't want to be a bitch to my mind. I don't want to be held back by things that could mentally hurt me. So it's kind of like the idea of, uh, no, it's not. That That's a different, that doesn't make sense. It's like, I want to understand what the dark corners of my mind looks like as much as I want to understand what the fluffy clouds feel like. If that makes sense, I want to know that I have no boundaries or I have no like kind of precaution going into my mind because it's my mind. This is like out of all the things that is going on around me, the thing that I should have control of is my mind. And in that, I, I, I want to know what I, I like. I want to know what scares me. I want to know what makes me fucking uncontrollably piss my pants. I want to know what makes me feel the most amount of joy and happiness. I want to know what makes me feel connected to people. I want to know what makes me like tethered to this earth as far as my mind is concerned. And you're only going to do that by giving yourself permission to have all these thoughts. And by giving yourself permission to have these thoughts, you then have discussion with yourself. And like, you know, I kind of, I, I like take like to take a bit of pride with the fact that I can, I think like even Elon Musk says this, like, let yourself almost like stop like associating what you see visually and let your mind give you what you're look like what you're looking at in your brain and just fucking talk to the stars and and figure out what you're saying you know what i mean like allow yourself to be kind of like just the vehicle of of what is going on in your brain like i'm not communicating what i'm trying to say very well i think like I like to close my eyes and just kind of speak in whispers when I'm trying to figure things out because like, you just like, what's going on? It's like putting your hand on the page with a pen and just kind of letting it write a sentence and see what the sentence is, you know, giving yourself time to have that conversation with yourself and giving yourself time to like, turn it into what you're, what you're thinking. And I think that whole process seems so kind of alien and not normal and, you know, you, what would you call it? Like not a, not like a practice thing for most people. And therefore they don't have these original thoughts. It's like, yeah, dude, because you need to sit alone in a dark room and think what you think, you know, you can't just keep repeating shit that you've heard on Instagram or on free to air TV news or what you read in an article and all the rest. Like you actually have to put time and, and, and energy and thought. And as I said, take that permission from yourself to explore those ideas in your head and 
turn it into original thoughts. And the only thing that I do is go and do this on a fucking camera and put it on the internet. You know? Damn, I just full circled that full bitch just saying you like that. It's because I'm having a coffee and it's like six o'clock at night. But, oh man, I'll tell you what, I went out last night and I, uh, I smoked some cigarettes and I've, I, I think I've talked about this before. Like I remember as a kid saying to myself on the bus, like I'm going to start smoking cigarettes when I'm older just to prove how easy it is to quit. Now, I want to be um, transparent about what's going on right now, only because if somebody has similar feelings or maybe they don't realize they're having these feelings and um, it kind of gives them some clarity on what's going on maybe with, with their body. So before we before we go uh, kind of balls deep into this, let me kind of elaborate. I'm very, because of my history with um, sport and obviously as I've spoken about with my mind as well, um, I'm kind of like I'm very body aware and I'm very mind aware. And the thing that I, the thing that I, like to like every day I'm always stretching I'm always you know like trying to figure out does my body move this way I like to experiment with eating different foods and understanding like not obviously experiment experience one of those things where you go like oh I eat chili and it gives me hiccups how interesting is that you know it's it's obviously that's a very simple example but what I what I do know is like with my experience with like um even like hallucinogens and stuff like that I'm very kind of logically breaking down what's happening in the moment all the time, not just hallucinogens, obviously all sorts of like different drugs, whether they're, whatever they might be, whether, you know, over the counter even. Uh, I'm very tapped into what is going on and I'm very kind of like almost, I wouldn't say scientific because that's taken it too far, but I'm very like um, measured when I'm like reading my body and what's going on in the moment. And I'm, or I like to be very like, even today, look at back, looking back and going like, Oh, I drank this and I drank this and I drank this. I feel like I have a bit of a headache. That's probably from this, this, and this, you know, like dehydration or not having enough sleep, whatever it might be. But the thing that I have really honed in on with tobacco addiction or nicotine addiction, it's super interesting because the thing that I found like keeping a measure of myself all these years and obviously like I spent a pretty decent chunk smoking a fair bit of tobacco and then I've like I've completely cold turkey walked away from it once didn't really have any trouble with it as well I ended up going going back and I'm not going to blame anyone but it's just like I put myself in these situations where people were smoking like around me and indoors and it's like fuck I just I guess I'll smoke you know so I kind of do blame myself for that but you know then I walked away again from from tobacco and I didn't really have much of a problem and then last year I tried to quit and I would say for all purposes but the weekend I I have quit you know I really on that I mean this is spoken like a true act true addict but I think I control it well right I um when I when I walked away from it last year I found that I had these bizarre kind of um side effects of the withdrawal effects basically and I didn't realize it was the tobacco until I got far enough out of it that I could see that's what it was and now even on a minor scale like going out last night and smoking some cigarettes and waking up today I had this same feeling again and I didn't realize until I was halfway through the conversation where I was almost starting an argument for no reason that I was like this is the withdrawal talking this is because I smoked tobacco last night. Because like the last time I smoked tobacco was probably like about a cigarette worth last weekend. And then maybe a cigarette worth the, the weekend before that. And I probably had like five, six, seven cigarettes last night. So the thing that I find is that 
I get really like the world is ending and everyone hates me withdrawals. So, and it's so subtle that like, I think it's actually a part of me coming out. And I mean, you might be listening to this going like, yeah, buddy, that's what withdrawals are. But it's so like, it's, it's so subtle that I feel like it's just a part of me that already existed before the nicotine that like, maybe I'm just tired. I'm feeling like this or whatever, but it's the same every time after nicotine. Like I kind of know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and feel like my, my life is ending for some, for some reason. You know what I mean? It's like a deep impending. It's like in your chest and in your stomach. And you just like, even if you forget about what's going on, you know, there's something bad coming around the corner and you're kind of treating every situation like, Oh, this is going to be the part where my day falls apart. Or this is going to be where my life falls apart. And it's just super interesting that like literally I probably drank, like, I don't know how many drinks last night. You have five or say seven cigarettes, seven cigarettes. And then the next day I'm almost starting arguments because of that. Like, sure, you're a little bit hungover and dehydrated, all the rest. But I know that part comes from the tobacco. So just interesting, interesting. And like, I was, uh, it's, it's funny because <clears throat> I like have a lot of friends that smoke cigarettes um, I have family members that smoke cigarettes and when I talk about the addiction to it, it's, it's interesting how people have this like idea about what they think addiction is and, and what it looks like, you know? And like the thing is people saying like even smoking weed every day, it's like you're addicted to it. It's like, yeah, but you have to understand like there's habitual addiction and then there's like chemical addiction and chemical addiction is not to be fucked with because you, it, it convinces you that it's your story that's keeping you there. I only smoke cigarettes because I know my body so well that it helps me wind down and rah, rah, rah. No, no, no. The cigarette has told your brain because of the shit you've done over and over and over that, hey, just so you know, the only way you're going to chill out is if you smoke me in a stressful situation. And then your brain goes, yeah, that's my thought. That's, that's my, that came originally from my head, but it's not. It's nicotine telling your head to think that if that makes sense. And look, do you know what the crazy part is? I got a pair of fucking goggles in front of me. I got this this fine gentleman holding my microphone. I'm sitting in a bar and I don't know shit about fucking science and, and, and medicine. So I might be completely wrong, right? This is from my experience, but it seems to be that addiction is almost like an illusion. It's an illusion that you're speaking, but instead it's the drug speaking from within you. It is the, it's the receptors within your brain sending a message saying, and it's not a message like, give me nicotine, give me nicotine. It's like sending a message just saying like, oh no, that's how we wind down. I guess we could do that. And then if you say to that, if you like, don't go down that path and don't like you're in a stressful situation, you don't have a cigarette, it starts bleeding and ballooning into other areas in a way that you think that it's a situational thing, or maybe it's just like, you think it's your mood doing this to you, but it's not. It's the nicotine, the withdrawal, doing it to the mood and then the mood telling you how you're feeling. It's you getting angrier because literally like the thing that wants nicotine is wanting nicotine and then it's subtly making the rest of your body feel like that's just how you are. So therefore you have to go and get it. I might be butchering how I'm explaining this. I hope, I hope it makes sense, but it's just super interesting for me being like the next day and like I was literally just talking to Riz. I forget what the conversation was. We were talking about something and I, I like walked outside because I was like, I feel like she fucking hates me and like I'm doing all the wrong thing or whatever. And like I went out till four o'clock in the morning. She probably fucking does hate me today. I don't, I don't blame her. But this was like, she's just laying on the couch saying like, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. Like whatever the questions were, she was answering them. And I've gone outside thinking like, 
what the fuck is going on? Like, I feel like, I feel like there's a rift between us and now I've got to like fix it. I feel like, like we've got to do something together now. The way she's going to like hate me and all the rest. I'm like, that's the fucking thing. That's the thing. You think this. And the problem is, not the problem. The good thing is I know what this looks like on a massive scale because when I was smoking a heap and then I stopped cold turkey, this is the thing. Like it was this feeling blown up, right? And the crazy part is you chew some nicotine gum and it goes away. It fucking goes away. It's bloody incense. But yeah, so maybe, maybe, I, I don't know if you are a smoker listening to this and this is the thing. I feel like all smokers have that feeling in the back of their mind. They have that thought where it's like, obviously I don't want to be a smoker, you know? People say like, oh no, it's like part of my character. I really love all the bullshit. Like that's awesome, man. But also it's killing you, you know? It is, it is also definitely killing you. So it's like, dude, don't, and this is the thing. This is the thing. We know it's terrible. And as I said before, like I like to kind of uh, believe that I handle my addiction to this particular thing really well. You are allowed to look at smoking cigarettes the same as drinking coffee. Now, I mean... Obviously coffee, like even if you have it with full cream milk and all the sugar in the world is nowhere near having uh, as bad as having a cigarette. Well, I've always, I've always wondered. And when I ask really smart people, they always give me the answer like, that's a really good question. I don't know. What's worse, nicotine or sugar? You know, smoking a cigarette or eating a, uh, eating a fucking a sugar cube. Because I mean, the more we find out about sugar, it's like sugar is just literally keeping your body inflamed at all times. It, you, you know, the less sugar you eat, the better, better off you're doing. And then you go, well... How bad is a fucking cigarette then? Because people seem to be able to smoke cigarettes their whole life. Oh, I don't want to make that argument. That was just an interesting question. But the point I was getting to was smoking cigarettes. It's kind of like I see it as obviously this is a, like you drink alcohol, you get a hangover, right? So I see this is like, oh, I smoke cigarettes. I get a bit moody the next day. And if I smoke heaps of cigarettes, like, it's two days and three days, right? If... um you know, if I drink, or like I, I might drink two, three coffees a day. Now I've had one of those headaches that sits like right here all day. And how funny is it that like the second I drink my first mouthful of coffee, that headache goes away. And now I'm feeling heaps better that I've had coffee. Obviously there's a bit of caffeine, there's a bit of sugar and all the rest, but I'm addicted to this shit. Hey, all good. Well, not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that addiction is bad. What I'm saying is addiction to anything can be mitigated and, and, and enjoyed. That's a thing. Obviously, there is a, a negative, there is negativity surrounding addiction because it can ruin your life in particular substances. But I think it's immature to think that being addicted to, you know, not being addicted to anything is a possibility because the reality is, even if it's just habitual addiction, we are addicted to so many things in our lives. Like, even being addicted to hard work is a thing. You know, it's just like a, it's just, it's just, Something that I feel that to walk away from cigarettes for me would be like, obviously it's beneficial for my health, but I feel as far as the character that I am and the person that I am, I know I've identified that I can break down even when I'm taking a drag of a cigarette, I can feel myself getting happier in that moment. And if I'm out and I'm doing the thing that I was doing last night that it's only when you're doing it, you really love it. Every other moment of your life, you hate it. That that nightlife atmosphere, it's all loud and there's fucking drinks and you can kind of taste a spew in the back of your throat and you're having a conversation with someone you don't want to really talk to, but for some reason, it's fucking awesome when you're there. I love fucking rolling a cigarette. I love the, the doing the thing and fucking lighting it up. I love the first drag, you know what I mean? 
I love all the little fucking intricacies and nuances of smoking a cigarette when you're having a conversation with someone where you have to like negotiate the conversation around the cigarette, not blow the smoke in their face sort of thing. And if they're smoking a cigarette as well, you kind of have a dance between each other with who's blowing their smoke where. This might all just be happening in my mind, but the point is, I enjoy that. I really enjoy that. And if we cross-reference the danger the danger of it or like what it means and what it implies, I probably shouldn't go skating in traffic without a helmet on if I'm really interested about living for a long time. I probably shouldn't go and do power skids on my Harley. I probably shouldn't hang out with some of the people that I hang out with on occasion. But the point is, you have to live as well. You have to live. And even if you're not trying to get content, which... By the way, everyone subconsciously is. It's fucking disgusting. But even if you're not trying to get a good photo or get a fucking bucket list experience, you should be out there trying to get good stories. You should be out there like trying to fucking pull the most out of every day. And like, if you don't have some sort of weekly goal set up where you are achieving and attaining things every week and impressing yourself and showing yourself that you can succeed and move forward and progress through your life, then what's the point of doing this shit? You're waiting to die, right? So for me, sure. You go out on a Saturday night and like, even though I've been out two Saturday nights in a row for, for, for whatever reason, you go out on a Saturday night, brother, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. It's all good. It's all good, baby. We're having a fat time. Smoke some cigarettes. But tomorrow, don't smoke cigarettes. Don't go out of your way. And when you pass someone, you can take one or someone offers you one, you say no because it's not Saturday night. It's not a good enough excuse. But when the excuse comes around, fuck an oath. Go hard. You know? That's kind of like... I'm, I have more preference in not buying like new shoes and, and new pants and, and all the rest and like just get shit from the salvos or if you really need like, you know, a pair of boots, you get a pair of boots or, you know, like I really needed runners recently. So Riz bought me some runners, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, and then when like, dude, you got a wedding or something or, you know, a festival comes around, go spend 500 bucks on an outfit. That's the time to do it. Don't fill yourself with instant gratification online shopping throughout the week unless it's black ink. And then fucking get to some, something like that and have to put something on afterpay because you don't have enough fucking money to get the, the cool thing that you want to wear to that awesome event. Instead, you've got a fucking a closet full of shit that you don't wear anyway. You know what I mean? I just feel like just everything in moderation, including moderation, you know, like, yeah, just understand what you're going through and understand like when you're feeling really good, where that comes from. And whether it's a substance, whether it's an experience or whether it's a person being able to like measure that out to go like, right, I want to keep this in my life, but I don't want it to fucking ruin me. So you got to measure it out and you got to dose it appropriately so that you do get what you're trying to get from it. And this is the thing, like cigarettes, especially, do you know when cigarettes turn to shit is when you don't have them periodically. When you have them all the time, you don't even real. it's like kind of one of those things where you're not doing it for the buzz and you're not doing it for the high, you're not doing it for the head rush, you're doing it to stay alive. You're doing it just so you don't hear those fucking negative, world-ending, soul-crushing voices. And the problem is the further you go, the longer you keep doing it, the louder those voices will be and the longer they'll hang around when you stop. You're putting yourself in a deficit of feeling good by continuing to do that that you're going to have to pay back one day either with your life or with time. Interesting, huh? So, dude, it's kind of like... If you're the sort of person that likes to smoke weed and you want to experience weed, dude, if you're smoking every day, you, I mean, you, you're getting high and obviously like you get a particular feeling, but if you're smoking heaps every day, you kind of build up and like weed smokers know this, you build up a tolerance and then you think you're like, oh, I can smoke any amount of weed. I can smoke anyone under the table. If you take a one week break and then smoke weed, dude, you'll fucking die. 
It's one you literally fucking can't lay down in a dark room because you think the world is turning on you. It's crazy. And funnily enough, it's much the same with everything else. If you don't do cocaine for a hell of a long time, then you do a massive line, it'll spin you off. But I'm not, I don't endorse that either. I've never done cocaine. But I do know that <clears throat> if you continuously do cocaine to the point of addiction where it's just your whole life's about about doing cocaine, you are you are keeping yourself alive with it. You're not doing it for a buzz. You know what I mean? That is just now your air that you breathe. So by doing it only every now and then, and this is the thing, man, like if you eat mangoes every damn day, you have mangoes for breakfast, you have mango ice cream for, for dessert, everything in between is, is mangoes. You get to a point where you kind of not hate mangoes, I guess, but you're just like, well, mangoes are mangoes. I guess there's good ones and bad ones and all the rest. But then if you have it like that first mango of the season that maybe, you know, you've got from the farmer's market, so you know it's not just some fucking, hasn't come from like the other side of the country or something, you know, it's a beautiful big mango and you cut it open on a summer's day and then you have that, oh my God, dude, how good is that mango? You understand, I've, I've said this three different ways now, you get it, you know? But yeah, look, it's fucking, it's been a wild, wild weekend. Yeah, yesterday was just a big day. Obviously we did, we went, went to the Mumble Up pub which we found it like literally opened 10 minutes after we got there. We thought it was going to be closed. But man, if you don't know the Mumble Up pub, this is a beautiful pub. It's just up the road from Donnybrook. I think it's like 30Ks out of Donnybrook. And it's just like they've got the wood fire in there. It's awesome indoor area, awesome outdoor area. They've got like a big grass area on the side with like a stage where bands can play in that. And it's just like the ultimate place to go for a ride. Obviously, because it's like it's a fair distance from Bunbury. And also like when you get there, it's just like no phone signal, just... It's, it's perfect. It's just a perfect old school pub. You walk in there and it smells like someone's been smoking cigarettes in there for 30 years, but they stopped doing about 10 years ago. So it's like, it's like embedded into the, the character of the place, you know, super fun. But yeah, went to mumble up. So we probably did like maybe 200 Ks all up swinging through a cable on the way home. I've come home, had a bit of a nap, waited for my mate Jack to tell me he was going to be in town. And yeah, and all honesty, like went in I mean, this is how much I don't drink. When we went in, he goes, oh, I'll buy the first round. What do you want? I said, just get whatever you're having. So we get Cosmopolitan. And then next time we go back up, I said, what do you want? Uh, and he goes, oh, whatever you're having. I said, I don't have a drink order, man. I don't know. So I just looked up and there was Hennessy there. So I said, give us a Hennessy and Coke. He said, rightio. So we've got a Hennessy and Coke. We go back, we drink that. And he goes, right, next round, we're going to go red wine. So we've got up there. We get two glasses of red wine. We go back. We finish that. Then we go back, we get some other fucking, I think it was a, it was a, it was the same color as a Cosmopolitan, but it had no ice in it and it would, it tasted different. So we had one of those and then we got some other fucking cocktail and a martini glass. And then we had Jaeger bombs when we switched bars and we had bloody vodka and all the rest. It was just a fucking, and, but it was one of those nights where I never felt pissed. You know how like you kind of get to a, you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm at that point where if I have one more drink, I'm not going to be able to walk straight. I'm going to be slurring my words. I'm not going to be like fully functional. I just kind of like stayed in that happy place all night, which was, as I even said to to Jack, like, I think I said it a few times during the night. I'm like, man, the one in a million times when I drink piss and have fun is one of those times right now. And I can't seem to step, step a foot wrong. It was just, it was an awesome night. I ran into heaps of people that I knew, which is not something that kind of happens regularly when you go out in Bunbury as a 28 year old it seems to be like I don't know there seems to be some nights where there's just like the old crew out and I think being out with Jack Benoni him and I had such a an adventurous kind of early 20s together partying heaps so it was just like it didn't really matter I had him but then on top of that just kind of heaps of interesting people were there as well and 
you know, got to fucking say hello to a lot of people and have chats with people, which was awesome. So it was just a, and then consequently got home at 3.30 in the morning, uh, 4.30 in the morning and had a fucking, you know, half an hour long shower and then thought I'd have trouble getting to sleep and I don't even remember getting to bed. So it's all good, you know, slept all day, had McDonald's this morning, felt like pure shit, had some Panadol, had some Nurofen and now we're fucking, we're kicking, you know what I mean? So it's all good. But yeah. So, as I said before, thank you to the boys who came on that ride. If you're listening, you, if you are listening and you have a motorbike and you want to come, you're more than welcome. I encourage you to come. If you want to find out more information beforehand, just send me a message on Instagram or even comment this video on YouTube or talk to me on Facebook. I'm more than accessible. I'm sure you can even find my phone number somewhere on online. And all bikes are welcome. All sizes of bikes are welcome. We encourage everyone to come. And even if you saw the stories of uh, um, all those closed street um, performances where we are, we're always doing it in safe environments of burnouts and wheelies. That is not at all what the, that was just something that kind of happened. We, we had a bit of spare time. Uh, a few of the boys are exceptionally good on motorbikes. So you go, cool, we'll get some footage of it. Um, that's not expected if you come. Obviously you get to watch, of course, shit like that is happening. And like, if you want to fuck around on your bike, it's totally in the, your safety is in your hands. But I, I am happily hosting to, to have, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm happy to be hosting something like this and have people come along and just enjoy themselves. And obviously just like meet cool people. You know what I mean? Like I want to meet you. I want to meet you. If you've got a motorbike and you're down to come riding every two weeks, motherfucker, come along. We get enough people going. I'll have someone following us in a car to make sure if anything goes wrong, we've got tools. We'll have a trailer to get you home. So with more people, we're going to be able to get more resourceful in, with this. And also there's nothing better than small community. You know, that, 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 that feeling of like knowing a bunch of people that you don't know these people because you work with them. You don't know them because they're family. You don't know them because it's like a circle from high school that you kind of know. You know them because you have a shared interest in one thing. And that's fucking beautiful. I feel like the 21st century, like the longer we go through this, the more we're losing these communal things. And now you've got this bullshit happening around the world. We're being separated so much. Now's the time to come together and do things together as a, and build that, that feeling back where, you know, I mean, how, one of the great points that was brought up yesterday um, on the group ride was the reason, like there's so many things about bikes that have probably been discovered and learned and then just died with like the group of people that found that out or, you know, because the thing is like, how can I explain this? If you have that community of people all riding motorbikes, the shit that you learn when you're standing around talking about it, and even if you're talking about, oh, like when I changed the bars on this, I had to use this particular method to get the, the cables through the bars and rah, rah, rah. And then another bloke comes and says, oh, no, you just tie them onto a shoelace and then vacuum the shoelace through the bars and then you pull the cables through that way. Dude, how would you ever, like, you might find a YouTube video, a, a video on that, but most blokes who know shit like this aren't making YouTube videos of all the tips and tricks. And maybe it's like how to do a wheelie or how to do a stoppy or how to do a burnout and all the rest. Things that you really want to know, but you've never been around people who know how to do them or can communicate. Or even if you watch a video, getting those instant answers back from someone who knows firsthand how to do these things. And dude, it's just like that information is for free and people are talking about it because they love it as well. They love it as much as you do. So this is why I'm just so like kind of excited about this idea of kind of building more than just an online community for Black Ink. I want to build a physical community where people know each other and like have a reason to get together and use their push bike or use their motorbike and have something to talk about when they go to work and be able to like even create a, a sense of like the coolest thing I found about the coffee van for me was that obviously this is on an individual level, but this was the community that was created around the coffee van 
was the amount of like uh, trading that would go on. So even to this day, you know, I know that if I need tires done or if I need a battery for my car or if I need, if I'm going to do some renovations and I need some flooring done or if I need windows, I, I have a person in every industry because I was a fucking coffee van. I went and made them coffee every week. I knew them intimately. You know what I mean? You, you get to a point where they're, you know, you'd be sitting down in their office and having a two minute chat just because you were seeing them on the Friday morning. It was it was amazing. And the the thing that I would like to think is say in a year's time, the black ink group rides are so big that you've got people that have formed friendships out of it, that they're spending time together outside of the ride and they met through the ride, they met through black ink. That's perfect. I want everyone to have that same, just like know people in different industries and know what's going on in your community and have that communication again, like get off, get off like doing shit online and actually have physical community. So look, I probably rabbited on a bit too much about it. I've I literally feel like everything I've talked about is terrible. I'm pretty sure it's just the fucking tobacco withdrawals. It's probably an okay podcast. So if you've listened to this much, thank you. If you've listened to all of them, that's awesome. It's, uh, I, honestly, as I, as I keep saying, I'm doing this just kind of to work myself out, to understand if I was to make a podcast, what direction it would take, and also get good at just talking. Get good at like sharing my ideas and understanding how I feel about things and, and expanding on these original thoughts that I have in my mind and really knowing what they are. So if you're keeping up with the process, uh, thank you. I uh, <clears throat> would really appreciate it if you like, subscribe, share, do all this shit for me. You know what it is. And remember, it is free for you to do that. Did you know that saving someone's post on Instagram, that little, so you've got like the like, comment, send, and then on the other side, they got that little square with the arrow taken out of the bottom. That means save that post. You probably didn't even know you can save posts on Instagram, which means you never checked your save post. But did you know if you save that post, it helps me on the algorithm? So every time you see my shit, like and save it at the very least. And if you chuck a comment just fucking with flames or love hearts or whatever, that'd be sick. That'd be fucking awesome, right? But look, I'm just a guy out here trying to make internet content. I hope you're having a lovely day. Don't forget, be good to your mother because I'm fucking out. Yo!